Hey there, I'm Adora Namigadde. I'm driving down Division Street in Chicago's Austin neighborhood between Cicero Avenue and Austin Boulevard. I'm passing building after building with signs brandishing names like Christ Resurrection Missionary Baptist Church or Old Rugged Cross Missionary Baptist Church. We got a question from a listener who wanted to know the impact storefront churches have on neighborhoods. Storefront churches are defined by their location. They're houses of worship tucked into storefront or strip mall buildings that used to serve commercial purposes. Austin has a high concentration of these storefront churches. Division is lined with brick buildings decorated with fabric awnings. Many of the spaces have iron bars in place of screen doors. The churches are sandwiched between all sorts of spaces, like barbers, chicken and fish eateries, and vacant properties. Some of the signs have chipped paint or rusted metal, and there's some old furniture outside a couple of shops. It turns out that many of these churches, despite their abandoned appearances, are still in use. This style of church was primarily started and filled by African Americans who moved here from the South during the Jim Crow era to escape brutal racist policies. But their presence can be polarizing. Some people view them as dignified places of worship where neighborhood residents can get their basic needs met. But the churches are the ones that can reach out with all their resources and get the help that the community needs. But others view them as blockers of neighborhood growth. That if there weren't so many churches, more businesses could set up shop. As you can see, a church opens once a day and they make our community look really dry all week. I set out to knock on doors to see what impact these churches do have on the neighborhood. Coming up, we'll settle into some pews and talk to people who live in a community where storefront churches are prevalent. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I'd never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Curious City is supported by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Curious City today to get 10% off your first month. New Heaven Christian Church is unassuming from the outside. A simple white crate with a slit for envelopes reads, Prayer Box. There's a maroon awning over the windows with the church's name in all caps. I meet Reverend Charles Brown while I'm walking up and down Division Street and knocking on doors and ringing doorbells of spaces that have churchy names. He answers the door dressed in glasses and a gray hoodie, ushering me inside to get out of the cold. Brown is the pastor of New Heaven Christian Church. The building was always familiar to him since he grew up in the neighborhood. Back in those days, in the 70s, this space used to be a restaurant. I don't remember the restaurant, but I remember coming here when I was younger. Wow. Yes, <laughs> yes. I never thought that it'll, I would be a pastor 
and, and still be on division. Brown bought the first floor space in 1999, and he moved in his congregation. At that time, it was being used for storage, and it wasn't exactly church-ready. When we first came in, no one wanted this place. Even the members, they were like, no, we're going to look somewhere else. I said, this is where God wants us to be. The addition of some chairs and a plastic pulpit helped convert the space. There used to be service overflow in the upstairs portion of the space when it was more popular. But when things died down... The landlord who lived upstairs at the time was trying to sell the building. And, and one day they came to me and said that no one would buy the building because the church is downstairs. No one wanted to put the church out. Brown ended up buying the remainder of the building, and now he lives upstairs. He only had to pay the remaining balance on the mortgage. Early on, there'd be more than 200 people here every Sunday. But over the years, a lot has changed. The congregation size shrunk, in major part due to COVID-19, and some people only participate online. Although there are fewer people, the average is 20. They still love to sing. He hopes more people will start coming to services. And he says, truthfully, a lot of people look down on storefront churches. It can even be difficult on the pastors who lead them. A lot of pastors tend to be somewhat ashamed, you know, when they have a storefront church because it's not big or they can't do this or they don't have the resources. But, but I say that, that if we're faithful where we are, then God is happy. Not, not about the numbers, it's about the person. Historically, storefront churches were started by Southerners who moved up north. They were used to worshiping in more Pentecostal styles, participating with their full bodies and singing exuberantly. But the established northern black churches tended to worship more formally, singing traditional hymns, for example. On top of the different worship styles, the discriminatory practice of redlining left black people with few options to establish new churches. They were often limited to abandoned storefronts with cheap rent in disinvested areas. The goal was to eventually move to a standalone building, but that came with its own challenges. In 1930, storefront churches accounted for 72% of churches started by African Americans in Chicago. Down the street from Reverend Brown's church, clothing store employee Lee Israel wants to see these churches move on. I met Lee at the clothing store J Casual Wear. The store sells hoodies, sweatpants, and other loungewear. The proliferation of storefront churches in Austin and specifically near the shop bothers Lee. The store is completely surrounded by churches. He needs two hands to count the ones he can remember off the top of his head. All these churches have been here. It was two more here, but two of the churches went down. That was a church over there. Yeah. Yep, that was a church. This corner right here was a church. That's two. You got a church on the corner, that's three. You got another church, three doors down from us, that's four. The corner spot was a church, that's five. They had the big church right here, that's six. As far as I can see from the window, there's just an unnamed brick building across the street. But that's not all. There's literally 15 churches that I can walk to within five minutes right here in this area. Lee says it's hard to make the shop feel like part of a bustling business hub. Plus, the church right next door to J Casual Wear, MMB Church, is closed most of the time. For six days after week, we look at this door closed. Six days after week, we look at that door closed. It dries up the community. It's nothing, it's nothing, nothing generating wealth. 
Like some residents in the community, Lee looks at storefront churches as contributors to blight and economic inactivity. Because storefront churches tend to be clustered near each other and aren't open every day, some business supporters say their mere presence discourages people who would otherwise want to open businesses like cafes and restaurants nearby. They argue churches with iron bars over the door that are closed the majority of the time detract from the idea of a thriving business district. Lee grew up worshiping at three churches Mount Moriah, but seeing the blight next to all these churches turned him off to the idea of Sunday services altogether. He wishes the ones near him did more to build up the community. Basically, things to keep children activated and smart. We'll have a learning center in the neighborhood. We don't have a laundromat in the neighborhood. We don't have an exercise gym in the neighborhood. We don't even have a lot of businesses in the neighborhood. Lee's not the only person who thinks the number of churches is connected to a lack of area businesses. This is the type of complaint business leaders often hear about storefront churches. Elliot Richardson is president of the Small Business Advocacy Council downtown. What we heard, especially from folks on the south and west side, is that there were a lot of storefront churches on various streets. And because of those number of storefront churches, it was difficult for a restaurant to come in if they knew they weren't going to be able to serve wine or beer or, you know, take care of patrons at dinner that might want to come out and have a drink with their food. He helped push forward an amendment to the Liquor Control Act of 1934 that lifted the statewide prohibition against restaurants serving alcohol within 100 feet of a church. He's not sure how many businesses or restaurants have opened as a direct result of the legislation passed in 2018, but... Our hope and what we anticipated and what a lot of legislators from both sides of the aisle and folks from the community thought was that, you know, this would pave the way for restaurants to come into areas that were full of storefront churches and open up restaurants that could help stimulate economic growth. No two storefront churches are the same. At New Heaven Christian Church, which sees about 20 people per week, the pastor is serving out his mission where he feels called. Some people, like area business owners, would be happy to see much less spiritual presence in the neighborhood. They believe entities with a Sunday high point don't inspire foot traffic and wandering around the neighborhood. Also on Division Street, I visited a storefront church that is proud to be open every day. They argue that churches aren't blocking businesses from coming in. In fact, they say, businesses are the ones that abandoned the neighborhood. And now churches are filling in necessary service gaps. That perspective is coming up next. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I'd never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. It's not even.
even Sunday. But a worship band is practicing in full performance mode at New Inspirational Missionary Baptist Church. It's a much larger space than Reverend Brown's church. Andrew Griffin is the lead pastor here. He's wearing a U.S. veteran's baseball cap, surrounded by some volunteers and churchgoers. We just believe in making a difference, putting in what we could put in. Whoever come to us, we do try to meet their needs. Reverend Griffin says the doors are open every day because there's no day where someone doesn't have needs in the community. From church services to serving hot meals to hosting local aldermanic candidates for talks, New Inspirational is involved in many aspects of people's lives. Most recently, they're preparing to host migrants in the space who've been bused into Chicago from Texas. Now we have some construction work that's going on. We're waiting on the staff from the immigrant office to tell us the next step. The church opened in 1985. Like other storefront churches, New Inspirational had a past life. It was originally a theater in the 1920s. Griffin says a lot of people complain about the concentration of churches in the area. But he points out many businesses left over the years. Can't never be too many churches in no neighborhood, on any street, because the church does represent Christ. It represents righteousness, helping one another. Ironically, businesses leaving has historically led to more churches. Vacant commercial spaces and disinvested areas became prime real estate for those who opened storefront churches. They often chose abandoned storefronts with cheap rent. These churches emphasized the importance of preaching and attracted a lot of pastors without formal theological training. Their congregations were small and intimate, made up mainly of family members and neighbors. Nearby, business owner Deontay Harris takes a break from work at HD Vision's barbershop. He says the presence of churches is better than more crude alternatives. And I think it takes up spaces for liquor stores, because if it won churches, there'd probably be liquor stores on every corner. Deontay has been running his shop on Division for eight years. He doesn't see storefront churches as a burden on his business. They don't really be here during the week, so the streets be fairly good and plenty parking. And when they're here, they're, they're handling their business. They, they don't bother anybody. He would tweak one aspect of local churchgoers' behavior if he could. Everything's good, but I just want the church folks to start coming get the hair service at the barbershop. That would be great for the neighborhood and the services. Back at New Inspirational, volunteer Don Guerrero is getting ready to serve hot meals to the community. Growing up, she remembers how much her family relied on resources from her nearby church. We remember back in our background and our past of how hungry we were as kids with both parents working and everything else. And when we seen a need, talking and we have that passion, we just wanted to be part of the solution than, than just sitting in the background complaining. Don and another volunteer are representing the nonprofit Mildred Franks Foundation, which provides resources to at-risk young people on the West Side. She hopes giving her time to the church can help restore a sense of neighborliness in Austin. With this church, I think it's gonna be like, you're hungry, come with us and we'll, we'll be your family. Instead of saying, you know, you be on the street and let them be your family, they'll have an alternative to come to church, get their dinner, get their, their soul, just re, a reboot on their soul, and then go home. Ideally, she hopes this is what every church can mean to the community it belongs to. She hopes that this is the impact. For more 
more stories about hidden gems in and around Chicago, or to see photos of the churches we visited today, check us out at wbez.org slash Curious City. And Curious City needs your help. Tell us what you think about the podcast by filling out our listener survey. And then when you do, you might win a $100 Visa gift card. It just takes a few minutes. Visit wbez.org slash Curious Survey. Curious City is a production of WBEZ Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. The show is produced by Jason Mark and Joe Dassault. Maggie Sivett is the digital and engagement producer. Susie Ahn is our editor. I'm Adora Namigadde. Thanks for listening. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org slash curious. Thank you.